It is terrible to contemplate, says G. K. Chesterton, how few politicians are hanged. In that spirit, welcome to This Week in Common Sense, starring Paul Jacob. My name is Timothy Verkula, and Paul and I will be talking about the big stories of the week that have appeared on thisiscommonsense.org, the site that Paul's been working on since 1999. He wrote five pieces this week. The five pieces are, in order, two thumbs up for Netflix on Monday, Ultra Dumb on Tuesday, Unconscionable Greed on Wednesday, Thursday gives us too many words, and Friday, well, Friday is quota requirement overturned. But Paul's in Michigan working on a big project, and I'm pretty sure he wants to start talking about that big project because we delayed taping tonight, this Friday, May 20th, because he wanted to watch a news program that covered his project, his initiative in Michigan. About three times in between this Laura Ingram segment about the Secure My Vote petition I'm working on uh, and this, I started, a thought occurred that, oh, I'm really through with everything. I can go to sleep like three different times. Each time I'm going, no, you're not through with everything. I, I need to have better conversations with myself. But anyway. So how did the Laura Ingram thing go? It was good. It was a good segment. Uh, it was off of a, it, it was triggered by a story that ran in the Free Beacon about, this is a, this, and I'll back all the way up, that the, I'm working on an initiative, uh, Secure My Vote. It does several things, one of which is to require real photo ID in Michigan for voting, just like when you adopt a kitten. Uh, at the pound or, or, you know, get cough syrup or whatever. But it's, it's in Michigan, they've had a requirement that you show photo ID with the out that if you don't have it, you sign an affidavit that says, oh, I forgot it or I don't have it or, and, you know, it's not here right now, count my vote anyway. And what this law would do is to say, no, it's a provisional ballot and you have six days to come back and show that this you do have ID or you can prove who you are, and uh, and it's the it's the sort of thing where it also means that you have to make IDs free, which it seems to me is a good thing. We hear so much about well, it's hard to get an ID, and I've, I've read stories about how they're trying to get IDs for people who are here illegally because it's so hard to function in society without an ID. Well, if that's the case, they ought to be free. And if you have to show ID to, you know, get cough syrup uh, or to get my uh, uh, sinus medicine or to, or to adopt a cat or to buy a drink, uh, especially when you look my age, um, then it seems to me that, you know, for voting, we do kind of want to know that only people who are really who they say they are voting and only once and that sort of thing. So that this does photo ID, but it also says that when you mail in ballots, you have to have some identification, last four of your social or your voter number, which 
means there's some authentication of, of that and some protection to know that not, you know, that ballots weren't just picked up by somebody in the, in the floor of their, uh, you know, apartment building and filled out. It also, and this is what Laura Ingram's segment uh, started out on, gets rid of what's called Zuckerbucks. And we've written about this. And we've written about all this, but, but very recently wrote about Zuckerbucks. And people are starting to pick up on what happened. We talked about it some last week, $400 million plus dollars spent and sent to specific jurisdictions for specific things with some strings attached. Um, and this is private funding of public elections. And we, we, last week we talked just briefly about, you know, it's good to get, help people vote, make it easy, uh, encourage people. That's great. But when you do programs that are designed to help certain counties and not other counties, and no, it happens to be the counties that vote the way you want them to vote. Uh, that's not, that's not American. That's, uh, that's not good. And, and so we've been doing this initiative. I've been working on it. And the, there is a group called Protect My Vote that has spent $400,000 with a group called Ground Game. And Ground Game, the Protect My Vote is getting their money from uh, C4 uh, in New York that doesn't release its donors and has given it millions. And of that, it has spent about 400,000 with a group called Ground Game. And Ground Game is, uh, you would think, you know, they're on the ground doing stuff. Well, what they're doing is paying petition circulators and petition coordinators who have people working with them and for them $40,000, $50,000, not to carry the petition. And this has come out because one petitioner, uh, one petition firm leader, uh, just didn't like what he had gotten, you know, bought into and sent the money back and filed a campaign finance complaint because they had not reported any of this. In fact, I understand they had told the press this was not true. They were not doing this, but it was specifically not reported by Ground Game or by this Protect My Vote. Um, and the idea, you know, the, what's wrong about voter suppression is you're attempting to block citizens from having their say. What's wrong about buying off petitioners, and in this case, not only buying them off, but then when they refuse to continue to be bought off, to make threats against them, like physical threats, financial threats, offer bounties to find out where they're doing their petitioning. Um, all of this has happened by operatives who work with, with uh, Ground Game. And it, it's an ugly business. And why? Because they don't want a petition to be placed in front of citizens and those citizens to freely be able to sign that petition. And why would they want to sign that petition? So they can have a vote, so their legislation can go forward, so they can participate in the process. Protect my vote 
thinks the way they will protect their vote, not the MI in Michigan, everybody has the secure my vote, protect my vote, because that's the, the abbreviation, obviously. But theirs is kind of maybe it should be MY because it's protect my vote by not allowing you to vote or not allowing you to sign a petition or not allowing you to be part of the process. And how? By throwing around money, by taking millions and, and then at 50,000 a shot or 40,000 a shot, buying off folks not to work on things that, that you don't want to see happen. And um, the, the laws that were broken, well, there are different ones that could be. Certainly campaign finance law was broken. And I'm not usually a big fan of campaign finance laws. But these are the people who say they are and they ought to abide by it. But whether, again, we don't have to only say, oh, I don't like that because it was illegal. There are lots of things in this world that are legal to do that you and I are able to say, you know, that's slimy. You know, that's rotten. You know, I don't want to be your friend and I don't want to do business with you. And, and to see the left throw money at things in ways that are just disgusting and try to suppress the vote in this grandiose, I'm protecting the vote, that is, it, it's disgusting. And what's interesting about this also is that the firms involved like ground game are largely Republican operatives. Of course, they're, they're Republican operatives because Republicans were paying them. Now they are anti-Republican, pro-Democrat, or who, who's paying me? That's who I am. That's what Ground Game's about. And um, it's, it's really a, an interesting lesson in how real-world politics works. It's also an interesting lesson in how citizens can overcome it. This petition drive, I've worked on a lot of petition drives, doing term limits, trust me, we had a few petition drives, like 60 zillion. And that was that was just yesterday, the day before we had more than 60 zillion. I mean, that's what we did throughout the 90s. I've, I've done more than my share uh, after uh, the 1990s. And, uh, but this one has been so interesting in that we have just gotten week after week, tons of signatures in that were volunteer, that were grassroots people going out and getting them, going to events and getting them in the mail. We have thousands of petitions out now in the mail because unlike a lot of campaigns in Michigan, we're getting back lots of mail. Now, part of that, this is a little side note tangent, part of that is that in Michigan, you don't have to notarize the sheets. So I could mail it to you. You could get it and go, oh, I'm reading it. Oh, I like this. Sign in. And some states, they don't allow you to witness your own, do the circulator affidavit, the petitioner affidavit, if you also signed it. But in Michigan, they do. So you can then sign it as the circulator with your address again. 
put it in an envelope and send it back to us. You don't have to run to the bank and have somebody stick their seal and all that. And I know that's supposed to make it super, you know, duper. Now we know you're really telling the truth because you paid $2 or you did whatever to go to the bank and have them uh, notarize it. Uh, and, and so Michigan is an easier state to do that, but we have, we have many petitions in people's hands that, that they have signed and circulated and, and brought back. We've had a heck of a time getting paid circulators because they've been bought off and not just bought off. They've been threatened. They have had money withheld from other jobs that they're doing in other states by people associated. One group called Let the Voters Decide who attacked the Secure My Vote petition as a racist petition that they wouldn't work on publicly, they said this, didn't bother to mention they'd taken a buyout. They'd been paid not to work on it, but it wasn't enough to not work on it. They want to force anybody else in whatever degree of economic coercion, and some of it may be legal, some of it may, may not be legal, but whatever degree of economic coercion, that's what they're trying to do. You'll not work again for us if you do this. And these are people who are getting jobs from Republicans. Let's hire them to put us on the ballot. And then they're going to come against that petition. And they're going to claim some ridiculous thing like it's racist when it's really somebody paid me some big bucks not to do it. So that's the real world of politics, but it's, it's not all the ugly side. It's also the side that I think we're going to make it. Uh, we're making a lot of progress. A lot of people have gone the extra mile on their own nickel. Uh, a lot of people have written checks that maybe they didn't intend to spend that much, but because they want to see the process actually work and not be blunted and, and smashed by people who have big money to throw around. So it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a fascinating process. And uh, some, sometimes I, I feel sorry for myself for having to witness it, uh, but, the, but I'm, I'm pretty happy that I get to witness the good part of it, which is people doing, doing heroic things because they can. So is there a website people should go to, to uh, maybe Yes, give money. Go to securemyvote.org and it's securemyvote.org. Oh, because it's a pun on Michigan. Yes, yes. That's the abbreviation. Okay, and very good. It used to always be Mich, you know, M I C H, but then we had to all go to two letters. But anyway, uh, go to securemyvote.org and people in Michigan can, it's not going to help you. You can go there if you're from California, but I don't think you can help. But if you're from Michigan, um, you can go there. You can order a petition. Better yet, because it coming back and forth may not have time. Our deadline, we have to turn in on June 1. Uh, but there are places in every county, in some of the more populous counties, there's several places where businesses uh, have said, hey, you can come here and sign the petition anytime. And uh, so you go to the website. You find your county and uh, find where you can go sign it and go sign it soon because there's only about 10 days left. And uh, we also 
there are about 500,000 petitions out there in people's mailboxes or sitting on their kitchen counter and uh, sign them, send them back in. Well, that sounds like a good thing people should do. And I, I presume they can send money too. Is that correct? They can. They can make a check out to secure my vote and uh, it will be uh, accepted. But you know what? Uh, if you're going to do it, do it quick. And if you had to wait, you know, you're waiting for your paycheck to come in, send the petitions first without the check. Okay. Get them in the door. Uh well, you wrote five pieces this week, and we don't really need to cover all five. Uh, I mean, we could just briefly mention several of them. One of them seemed kind of like uh, what you're talking about in Michigan because it was so scummy of uh, of Jerry Brown in California to push this bizarre quota uh, system. Uh, did you want to talk about that one, maybe? Oh, why not? Why not? It's uh, it's the sort of thing that that you know, someone might might argue and you think, well, that's that's way too far. But in California, you know, when you argue with someone who's really out on a limb, uh, you know, that's that's how California kind of governs, it seems. And and Jerry Brown passed a law which he knew was unconstitutional, which is really a despicable thing to do. You can't take an oath to defend the Constitution. And then do things that you think are politically things you like that you happen to know are not constitutional. But the idea of forcing private boards, uh, the idea of forcing public boards, of course, is, is stupid. Corporate when boards. It, corporate right? boards here. And so there's a, it's a kind of a quasi public private, although in some cases, I believe this also would have affected, uh, you know, what sometimes foundations are private and maybe they wouldn't have been affected. Either way, it's, it's the goal of it is somehow for the state to dictate what the gender makeup of different organizations should be of all organizations. And so you might have the, you know, the Men's Rights Association Foundation that is forced to have, you know, a certain number of women. And, and of course, it's the principle. I know nobody has time to kind of stop and look at the principle. But if the government can tell you you have to have these people on your board, then the government can tell you you have to have those people on the board. And the government basically can tell you who's going to be on your board, which reminds me a lot of China, where, you know, when your business starts to really get rolling, they say, you know, you're going to need to put two or three Communist Party members in really key positions. And we're not, look, we're not controlling your whole business. We believe in capitalism here in CCP land. Uh, and, uh, and here in the United States, we believe in capitalism. But we as the government will regulate and tell you kind of what you can do or not do. And when it's at the level of picking the sex of the people who will sit on your board to govern your corporation, it's... It really is dystopian. And so a judge nixed it, and uh, probably it will stay nixed. And I, I did actually find most interesting the uh, confession by uh, Jerry Brown that it probably was constant, unconstitutional. Yes. that That's because, you know, that happens a lot on the federal level, too. 
I mean, Biden has done something in things already that he, you know, that he had said it as, you know, in his campaign run was probably unconstitutional. And then courts have knocked it down. And that strikes me as really, they're not upholding their constitutional oath. And it's also just partisan politics at its worst, is that we're going to get the policies we like, even if we have to cheat. And if you do it that way, forth, forthright cheating, then they're also going to do it like the way you're talking about in Michigan, where it's but you know it's all secret. Yes. Where the, the cheating is secret. Where uh, the people who want all of this to be public are cheating, and and who are against voter suppression are for voter suppression in private. The ones who don't like dark money, who are raising all their funds in dark money. The I mean, it's like it it is. It's not only that they're slimy, it's also that they have the the gall to run around acting like they're against all the things they're busy doing. And it's and it's not just uh, it, it's like big money combined with thuggism. Uh, it's 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 not a good in, in Michigan in this situation, it's not a good mix. And of course, that's where it goes. The more you know, it. it in, in campaign finance, I think so many people that I talk about campaign finance issues with, they, they're they not directly involved in the process. They don't have to abide by the campaign finance rules. In other words, they're just, maybe they're a journalist or maybe they're just a citizen who's not making a bunch of contributions, is not running a group or involved in a group. And, and so they see it all as, well, we're gonna pass a law that will regulate it so bad guys can't do things. But the reality is, when those laws go into effect, it doesn't seem to ever really slow down any of the bad guys, but it does slow down everybody who's not as wealthy as some of the bad guys. And uh, the, the campaign finance reform, the truth is term limits has done more to reform funding of campaigns than any campaign finance law that's been passed anywhere in the country. Because and yet somehow the politicians don't like it. No, no, they don't. It, it, it has created much more competitive elections and more spending in those elections. Uh, but spending that is, that is uh, I think, more genuine, less special interest, uh, uh, you know, involved. And, and of course, something else we've talked a lot about is smaller districts like they have in, in New Hampshire, which I think we talked about last week or the week before. And in those small districts, they don't have a bunch of dr draconian campaign finance regulations, but you know what? They're not spending a lot of money. And the reason they're not is because people know each other. And so spend all you want, but it's only going to make you look <laughs> like a jerk. You know, <laughs> hey, I live right here. Why do you have billboards, you know, going after me? I live next door to you. I've listed already uh, for the listeners and viewers the four other pieces that you wrote about this week and i just wanted to mention again my favorite quote of the week because it's so apt and i don't know if you saw it because you're so busy it's the second gk chesterton quote of the week oh i think it's the one see if we're on the same page it is terrible to contemplate how few politicians are hanged Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're kindred spirits. <laughs> well, on that note, I think we can just, you know, leave the people hanging.
and go go on about your business. You could get some uh, sleep, and we can maybe touch base next week. We may have to do some special thing just because uh, that's going to be a big weekend, our last weekend. Let me mention one other piece, just real quick, because there was it, we did the uh, the ultra dumb piece, and it was about. Uh, the Biden administration and their ultra MAGA label. All of a sudden, you know, instead of mentioning Trump's name, they started talking about everything was ultra MAGA. And it, it just reinforces that I'm right about something, which is I'm right about a lot of things, a few, some, some number. For years, I've realized that in Washington, D.C., when there's a problem and they have a meeting to discuss the problem, it's not the problem that they really discuss. It's the bad PR that the problem is creating. In other words, there's never any consideration of how do we solve this underlying problem? Underlying is uh, let's not get our hands dirty. You know, someone could pay a political price if they were, we're going to start doing things about the underlying problems. No, we want to have a meeting about how to do the PR so that people don't feel bad and take it out on us about the underlying problem. It's always a PR problem. And here are the Democrats uh, and, and doing focus groups and trying to figure out how to sell something to the people that the people they know clearly do not want without changing anything about what they're actually selling, but changing the words. And, uh, and, and so I, I feel like, you know, we've talked a lot about this secure my vote uh, effort in Michigan, and there's a lot of efforts all over the country where people are, are pushing back but when people get involved, I guarantee you there's not a bunch of activists in Michigan or any other state sitting around talking about how we ought to spin what's happening instead of make real change happen. And that's all our politicians do is talk about how do we make it sound like this, you know what, sandwich doesn't taste so bad. Um, so on that note, uh, let's not be ultra dumb. Let, let's let them be ultra dumb, but let's be, uh, ultra activated and engaged and, uh, and change something. There we are. This is this week in common sense for the third full week of May, 2022.